Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm... I'm having a hard time here. (laughs) This movie was rough. I mean, I'm Alex. (laughs) And this week we are talking about You Only Live Twice. Correct. Tyler, you don't live just once, you live twice. Not, Not just once. Not just once. You only live twice. That's not the that song. Was, that just, was magical. I just like to <laughs> not sing the actual songs and sing the songs that I imagine in my head, really, yeah. is, what I, is what I go for. Naturally. Yeah. We all do Never that. Goldfinger. I'm, I'm always accurate when I sing Goldfinger. Yeah. So anyways, <laughs> You Only Live Twice, the fifth official James Bond movie. It has a 72% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 68% audience score. And I also forgot to mention, it's from 1967 and it's directed by Lewis Gilbert, who will go on to direct, I believe, two more Bond films, Hmm. both of which have the same exact formula in terms of plot structure as this movie. Oh, you mean they don't have one? No, they're they're better versions of this. Well, one of them <laughs> is. The other one is Moonraker. Improvements on not having a pull. Yeah. Um little context before we get into this. So this is Tyler's first time seeing this one. Um mm-hmm. as it should be for the rest of the movies we have left to watch. I don't think you've except seen Except for On Her Majesty's Secret. Yes, Earth, except for literally the one we'll be talking about next time. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, this movie's really uh, putting my brain on freeze right now. <laughs> I believe. Um, so yeah, we don't like this movie. I'm going to get that out of the way. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. kind of terrible. I think it's arguably one of the worst Bond movies ever now that I've rewatched it. Um, so if you really like this movie, uh, <laughs> just going ahead and let... I'm going ahead and just just letting you know, giving you an out. Yeah, I'm giving you an out. We're not fans. Tyler, what is your best thing and your worst thing about you only live uh, one point two seven three times? My best thing. <laughs> Can it can it be the part where it was over? Um, <laughs> I mean, if you really want to be that snarky about it, sure. <laughs> I don't. I don't have a lot good to say about this. Um, Neither do I. And I, I mean, and prob- I'm a quantum of solace apologist. Sure, sure. Probably the production value. Uh, there there are some some big cool sets in this movie. There are some there are some neat vehicle elements uh some some good shots that are basically obtained because they they got a really big place to film and then they just like put the camera back 300 feet and we're like all right let's see what happens um and so that's kind of cool there's definitely some some cool stuff some entertaining stuff in that regard uh it is far and few between uh but this is my best thing correct Oh, uh, my worst thing. <laughs> Just the fact that this movie, like... It it doesn't have any momentum whatsoever. Correct. Um, <laughs> Everything you were saying is true. It, it, it just sort of... Uh, goes from like I, I've talked about this before about how I, I really don't like the uh, wandering from scene to scene or set piece to set piece uh, nature of of spy movies I've, I've discussed it in uh, James Bond previously uh, sorry James Bond this movie's breaking me I've discussed it in Casino Royale specifically of the James Bond series um, but this one takes it to levels I did not think were possible. Uh, it is. It is just. I guess Bond's doing that now. Do do we do we set up why? Do we know? Do we know what? Hit? No. Okay. I guess we're all right. Moving on. All right. All right. Yep. 
uh, characters just sort of filter in and out uh, without without real meaning or purpose. Nope. They just switch uh, out Bond girls because, hey, all Japanese women look the same, am I right? <laughs> sure. And, and then uh, various things happen that make me, like, sort nope. of question if I am... Note, I don't actually believe that. That was a joke. That was what we call <laughs> oh, I didn't... humor. Thanks, thanks for clarifying. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't get that. I, I didn't understand. Um, I just thought you were racist. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why you would uh, think that. <laughs> there's various uh you know just just like things that happen where i'm sitting there and i'm like am i am i still awake is that <laughs> am i is this is this really a movie i'm watching so and a movie that like no one else has ever questioned yeah. since, like or that i've never i've never seen like questioned again in terms of like wait that happened yeah. point of reference a uh, friend of the podcast, Joseph, watched this movie yes. with us, and he fell asleep like 30 minutes in. <laughs> Correct. He did not last long. No, he did not. He did fall asleep while we were still trying to figure out what was going on. Um, while we were still loosely following the general structure of the movie. Um, although I had questions very, very quickly. <laughs> yes, from the offset, this movie makes no sense. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. Um, now I, now it's my turn, isn't it? <laughs> my best thing, and this is this is a true sign of a bad movie. Uh, my my best thing is going to be the title theme. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for those of you who are new to the podcast, typically the rule of thumb is if you point to music of any kind as the best part of the movie, odds are the movie's pretty bad. <laughs> or the movie is very very good. Um. So in rare it's, instances, it's usually. Yes, it's usually either the movie is is so good that the one thing that like really stands out and ties it all together is the music, is the score, yeah. or uh, really the only thing I'm thinking of. I think I did that for one of the Lord of the Rings movies. Um, <clears throat> the uh, the opposite, which is much more common, is the movie is terrible and the only thing that's worthwhile is the, yeah. is the music because it's hard to screw up everything, believe it or not. <laughs> Unless you tell me why so. Um, Accurate. But even then, even then, you know, you know, some people would argue he, he, he got something right. And I was gonna say, yeah, like he 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 found what he was looking for, I guess. But anyways, <laughs> I really like the theme. Um, Nancy Sinatra sings it, and apparently, they it, it's not like a single take of her doing it because she was so nervous when she was recording it. They just kind of spliced together different takes of her singing. Um, mm-hmm. I never noticed. I, I, the only reason I know that is because I, I've done a bit of research into Bond. Right, um, right. I don't know. I, I think it's a it's a really, really fun, nice, like, chill song. And it, it kind of separates itself a bit from, like, the Thunderballs or the Goldfingers where they're just belting out these things, mm-hmm, like, as bombastically mm-hmm. as possible. This one's a little bit more laid back. I like that. Yep. Um... I've got several worse things. Would you like me to just pick one? <laughs> just pick one. Um, Bond turning Japanese. Yeah. Uh, first off, that's pretty offensive. <laughs> Second uh-huh, off, uh-huh. the movie does not sell it well in the slightest. Third uh-huh. off, I feel so sorry for Sean Connery, and I totally understand why he quit. <laughs> yeah. He he just he just sort of like like hunches o- over and they give him like because he's like over six feet tall like he's a tall Scottish man and they're trying to get him to be this, this regular Japanese guy and they give him like a very intense spray tan yes and like they trim his eyebrows well it, it's weird because they show like in the scene where like all the girls are putting the makeup on him and we'll have to get into the rampant sexism <laughs> of this movie because it just goes sure. off the deep end. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, that's really my my review of the movie. Like everything, like goes off the deep end. Yeah, and not in a good way. It was like not in a good. It, way. Well, it was it was like I, I saw Thunderball and I was like, I think I can, I, you know, this is this is going fairly well. Like you know, I enjoyed a lot of Thunderball. Surprisingly, even you know, kind of, yeah, uh, maybe more so than you did. Um, even though we gave the same grade. <laughs> yeah, even though so we, we gave the same grade. Uh, but like overall, I was uh, up to this point. I was kind of like, hey, you know what? These these movies ain't half bad, you know. I'm I'm having a good time, yeah. and then we saw this, and I was like, wait, 
This Wait, this sorry. movie is like the perfect melding of every single thing I hate about James Bond movies. Mm-hmm. It's like the perfect combination of everything, and we'll get into that. But back to Sean Connery as a Japanese man. Sure, um, sure. Don't want to forget that. Don't want to. The let context that for why it happens in the story doesn't make any sense. Um, like I was starting to get into, it looks like they're starting to apply like bits bits of prosthetics. On like his eyes to make his eyes look more Asian. Yeah. But then the next scene, it's like I don't think they put anything on him. <laughs> yeah. Um. They give him he a, probably it, Sean Connery probably went through that one scene and then they were like, all right, now now you just have to wear this for another like ten days of filming, and he was like, no, yeah, no, no, we're not, we're not doing. And that. then they give him like this terrible wig that's even more distracting yes. than his normal Bond toupee because he's sure. Bond or because he's Sean Connery and he's balding. Um, like I totally get why why he would have been like I hate everything about this. Let me quit. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Like, in fairness, he takes it all in stride. <laughs> like, sure. Like it's very clear to me that he he doesn't really want to be there, but it's not like it's not like he's completely sleep sleepwalking through it. Um. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's. I am it's funny how I'm starting to see like when people say like Sean Connery is one of the best Bonds if not the best like I'm starting to see like his his performance is a bit more consistent across the movies than I gave it credit for mm-hmm. um, it's more just the elements of the separate movies themselves <laughs> um, but yeah I they almost sort of just like okay we put him in makeup put a straw hat on him for the rest of the movie and then just have a, yeah, really. have a stunt Asian actor with the straw hat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. and he hunches and it's so clear that he's well, that, hunching the whole time and it's just embarrassing. Well, that would have been excellent if if it was just like, he had, they used a stunt man and it was some some Japanese actor and he was extremely like skinny and, and short. Yeah. Like he just like was the complete opposite body type of Bond yeah. or of, of Sean Connery specifically, that would have been wonderful. <laughs> it's just like, oh yeah, that's that's James Bond. What are you? And then they, at some point they do like a Mission Impossible mask pull off, yeah. and it's just him. <laughs> well, it's just like the, there's that bit where where after uh, Henderson or whatever his name is, um, Future Blofeld. Uh, I can't remember the actor's name. Let me see if I can find his name real quick. But that that bit where he gets killed. And then Bond attacks, and he quickly runs down the assassin who, like, does not gain any distance on him at all. And it's yeah. very strange. But he steals his clothes, and then he's running down to the, to the escape car like he's hurt. Um, Charles Gray is the actor, and we will see him as Blofeld in a couple of films. So that's weird. Um, sure. But, like, he, he runs down like he's injured, and I feel like the driver should... Like, I, I know Connery's, like, wearing a, a disguise, <laughs> but she'll be like, you, you, you're not the same man that went up there. <laughs> like, you've changed. You've changed. <laughs> it's just bizarre. And, like, I hated nearly everything about this movie. Um, between the the weird 60s-ness of it with, with how, how it treats... <laughs> um, the race stuff and then the sexism uh, and then how it treats Spectre as an evil organization and we finally get like a payoff to them being built up after this many movies and it's just embarrassing like I give the movie Spectre a ton of crap for how it kind of tries to tie all the movies together and how it tries to be like a dramatic send off and and, like it's this huge build up and it just doesn't work very well it works better than this yeah, th- this movie Spectre Spectre it tries too hard to make Blofeld a thing. Yes. Uh this movie does absolutely nothing to make Blofeld a thing other than some cool eye makeup, which okay, apparently there was a different actor cast as Blofeld originally and he didn't have any sort of makeup or anything. He was just kind of a a, a normal older guy. Um, I think they said, like, he looks like Santa Claus. Like, he's not intimidating at all. <laughs> so, like, after a week of filming, they got rid of him, and they brought on Donald Pleasance as a last-minute hire. Um, and then that's where the, the, the eye makeup came in. And I swear to God, like, I love Donald Pleasance. He's amazing in, in the Halloween movies. 
Um, he gets crazier as it goes. Uh, but if that if he did not have that eye makeup, nobody would remember Blofeld in this movie. It's all the eye makeup. Because he is a nothing villain. Like, th- this movie is a parody of itself. Like, this is an Austin Powers parody back in 1967. Did it's all the work for bizarre. It, it really feels like th- this is... <laughs> they did all the work for them. Yeah. And I kind of hate it. <laughs> I don't even really know where to, like, get into this. Let's start with the main thrust. And that's that Bond Which fakes is? his death. Yeah. Um, so he fakes his death. So, so let, me, let me lay this yeah, out yeah, and then yeah. let me see if you can, you can fill in the gap. So he fakes his death, right? He's with a lady. He's with a nice lady in Japan. Um, Are they in Japan, who, actually, at the beginning? I thought they were in Hong Kong. Oh, no, no. It's, yeah, it is Hong Kong. You're right. You're right. You um, racist. And then, and then he, <laughs> he's so he's in bed with this lady. Apparently, he has not been with her. He's he's just making out with her. That's an important point that we make later on. Um, do, does she come back? No. There's so many random side characters in this movie. Um, <clears throat> and so. Uh, she she gets out of the bed um, and then traps him. She it's a folding it's like a, a wall bed and she slides the wall bed up and then a, some some guys run in and they shoot the bed and then some some cops come in and they they grab Bond's body. He, there's blood on the sheets. Uh, he's he's apparently dead and they they take him to a boat. And, off off the shore and they have a funeral for him um they throw him in the water and then he gets picked up by a submarine and he's fine and apparently the purpose of this is to get to get the the bad guys i don't even know who i guess it's specter i don't who cares um <laughs> off of off of bond's trail yeah uh, to which point bond replies ah but I don't care. And then he, <laughs> and then he proceeds, proceeds to show his face around every corner and to completely blow his cover like within five minutes, just just by like, ah, I think I'm gonna show up here. But the and, bad uh, guys are too stupid to realize it's him. And they don't I guess they don't they specifically don't recognize that it's Bond until Blofeld points it out to them. Like there's that scene yeah. where Asato and Helga Brandt they go and visit the uh, you're gonna have to keep track of all of the names. Yeah, here. Osato and Helga Brandt they go and visit the volcano base, and, and Blofeld's like, "You fool! There's only one man we know who carries a Waltha PPK," and they're just like, "Oh yeah, James Bond. Yeah, that's kind of weird, huh?" And then they kill off Helga Brandt because she's a nothing character too. <laughs> uh, anyway, I don't really understand either what the point like. A, why did they know Bond was there? Like, like if the only reason you need to throw them off his trail is because people are like, oh no, Bond's in the area. What are we going to do? Yeah. Well, it's funny because like, that as a plot idea kind of helps to fix some of the issues I had with previous movies where he just kind of goes around throwing yes. his name around. People like Spectre should know who he is. And yes. They seem to be trying to remedy that by like, oh, he's going to fake his death and go on this mission because they know Spectre's afoot. Um, but then they just played the, all the bad guys for idiots, so it doesn't even matter. Like he, the, the whole idea of him blowing his cover or, or like him faking his death didn't need to be a part of this movie. It's just that they wanted to use the title "You Only Live Twice." They didn't actually want to use the book plot other than Blofeld's involved and it's set in Japan and they just wanted to slap it on there. And to a larger point, apparently everyone involved in the scene was working with Bond. Like it was all staged. Yes, it was all staged. So why not just why not just say, oh no, Bond got shot. Throw out a newspaper 
you can still do the funeral. That's fine, I guess. But like, yeah. Why did we need that scene? Because they had to trick the audience into believing that Sean Connery was dead, even though True. they True. saw the trailers and posters, and it's like, oh, he's going <laughs> to be in the rest of the movie, isn't he? Uh, so then Bond gets on the submarine, and they give him a, a very snazzy admiral's hat. <laughs> and Because Bond and, was in the Navy. He was a naval officer. And I'm like, oh, man, that's a nice-looking hat. And then Bond throws it on a coat hanger. In pure Bond style. Uh, in in Bond style, that was nice. Uh, there's a neat little bit where he, I, I kind of loved it, where he he walks in and like the setup of um, M's office and Money Penny's desk is like exactly the same as it is like on land, and it's kind of great. It's comically um, stupid. It's it's something out of the <laughs> '60s Batman show. Yes, yes, it it, it absolutely is. Um, and so he. He goes in, he gets his orders from him, and he, and he grabs the hat. It's it's like if they if they, if they said, that, you know, they're talking to, to Commissioner Gordon and Chief O'Hare, and they're like, ah, yes, we secretly had a bat cave installed directly underneath police headquarters in case we had to ever save time. Then there's literally bat poles in the commissioner's office. Yes. They slide down. It's the yes. same exact set. No difference. <laughs> it's like that. Yes. I kind of want that um, in the 60s show. Can we retroactively add that in yeah, now? I would like that. <laughs> um, or in this movie, either way. Or in this movie, yeah. Uh, I want to bond Adam West Batman crossover. Especially this uh, bond. With how bonkers <laughs> this movie is? Yes. Uh, but yeah, so what is it with 60s culture and media having lots of characters with did they think acting was just having a very specific accent is that is that why people got like adam west and and um obviously sean connery and uh guy's name i can't remember because this movie broke me um you know who i'm going kirk uh Captain oh, Kirk. William to Shatner, be you mean. Shatner, there we go. Yeah, for some reason I cannot. Anyway, did, did the, the 60s, did people just like, was it just like, I like to talk weird? And then were people like, oh my goodness, people don't talk like that normally. That's insane. We love him. <laughs> Give him all the money. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I find that very interesting. Uh, it's probably other examples. Probably. But yeah, um, they or he he uses the hat to like catch a, a translation book, but Bond speaks Japanese because he's very culturally sensitive. Uh, <laughs> he, throws, he throws the book back to Money Penny, uh, and then he never puts on the hat. He never puts on that. He uh, never puts on that. He gets better. it later. He holds the hat later in the the okay, hat okay. returns. Uh, I've got I've got a couple of things that might help alleviate. The, the stress you're they feeling won't. in your life right now. They won't. They won't. Number one, M is wearing his hat at the end of the no. movie when they're in the submarine and they catch Bond. Um, trash. Trash, okay. Um, and there's there's two more instances that I can recall where Bond wears a naval uniform. Um, okay. Different actors. Um, and I believe they are wearing the hat both times. So you have that to look forward to. Okay. I believe hat. the next one might be the next Lewis Gilbert movie where, where he's wearing his naval <laughs> uniform. So there's that. Hat Watch 2019. Hat Watch 2019. <laughs> Hashtag right. hats for oh. Bond. Hashtag hats for Bond. <laughs> all right. Anyway, that's that's all my commentary for this movie. Oh, okay. I'll leave you to take the rest of it. Okay. What's Spectre's mission in this? I know it's to start World War Three, but I didn't quite get how. They're they're stealing ships. They're they're stealing... they brutally murder a man in the dark void of space. Yeah, and what? Um, this ain't no Stanley Kubrick film. I'll, I'll just say that <laughs> with regards to the special <laughs> effects, they have not aged well. Accurate. Um. Um, so, so they're trying to capture these these space capsules shot out from rockets on both sides. So they capture an American one, then they capture a Soviet one. Then, correct me if I'm wrong, the end bit is them shooting off what it is it appears to be a Soviet rocket to blow up mm -hmm. another American rocket. That way they start... Is it another American rocket? I thought it was, but maybe. I think so. I thought it was supposed to be just That like way they start America. nuclear war. Yeah. Okay. 
fine. That's kind of stupid and really simplistic. And like, like if you compare it to something like from Russia with Love, where it's like, oh, this is kind of clever. You're gonna play both sides against each other. There's a whole bunch of mini goals that are being accomplished in this one mission. This is just like <laughs> we want them to blow each other up, and then there, there's no forethought to like what happens after that Blofeld. What's what's your next step? <laughs> we are going to Disney World. Oh wait, it's like. It's like Littlefinger from Dark Knight Rises. What was the next step of your master plan? <laughs> and then, and then, Crushing this movie. Yeah, with no survivors. <laughs> no survivors. <laughs> that was an absolutely terrible Bane accent. Yes, it was. You should be ashamed of yourself. Maybe we all still think that people with good accents are amazing. Maybe, maybe, maybe we haven't actually changed anything. That's true. <laughs> um... But yeah, the plot's really dumb. Uh, <laughs> it makes very little sense to me. Uh, and then the villains are all idiots. And they're very unmemorable. The the There's like writing that like borders on clever, but then just gets extremely uncomfortable. Um, the, the, the bit where the code, the code word is I love you. Oh yeah. And so he has to say I love you to some random lady at a sumo wrestling match. Yeah. Which, once again, we need the cultural elements where, where we just yep. kind of stop the movie. So pe- people that, that aren't used to, to international things, they, they get to see something they haven't seen before. So a sumo wrestling match. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Then Bond randomly says I love you and it's, it's weird. <laughs> Um, we'll get to the love interests because, oh boy, we've we've taken a step back. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of Blofeld overall compared to all the past Bond villains that you've experienced? I mean, he's got he's got cool makeup, and that's about it. <laughs> and that's about it. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't, I didn't mind like Donald Pleasant as him or anything, but you know, what's funny. He's just. After seeing him, especially with that, that that eye makeup, he would make a perfect penguin. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. It's disappointing. And, and yeah, um, no, I, re- I really don't mind him. Uh, it's just like he shows up at the end, and like this movie is our like I had no idea we were building up to Blofeld, <laughs> which hey maybe maybe we should we should make that a point, seeing as we've been doing that this whole time yeah and, and like i just I, I do like some of the consistency like he's the man behind the big chair you don't know who he is and he's got the cat so it's kind of yeah you know keeps keeps you know repetition but then at the end it's just like oh oh blofeld here like they're actually like, showing oh, i guess him. we're okay i guess we're just meeting blofeld. okay okay well, and then in five minutes right. he's gone <laughs> yeah uh he shows up he he kind of is he he mentioned something about an exploder button i believe uh which is a plot point for the final act of this movie. Exploder button. An exploder button. Not like a self-destruct button. Not Once like again, a it's something out of the 60s Batman show. Yes. Quick, Robin, to the exploder button. Uh, Holy it's, Polaris! It's... <laughs> yeah. I wish this was as entertaining as the the sixties Batman show. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. The more we, the more we talk about, it, the more I feel like that's that's almost like what they're going for, though. Like with the uh, the the helicopter. Oh yeah, we'll get we'll get to Little Nelly, um, but I, I want to stick with the villains for a second. So we got Blofeld, who's who's ultimately underwhelming, mostly this because movie has villains. I see. I I I don't want to blame Donald Pleasance too much. I, I would just say it's more. He has so little screen time. Like we don't. Yeah. And yeah. also, it's it's a Doctor Evil situation where I'm expecting um, Seth Green to walk in and be like, "Why don't you just shoot Bond? Just shoot him. I got a gun. I'll go get it from my bedroom. You can kill him yes. and be done with it." Like, yeah. it really plays into those tropes of just like they should be killing Bond right now, and they're not coming up with a clever reason for why they're not killing him. Like, like Goldfinger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially Helga Brandt. That whole thing where she gets him into the airplane and then it goes to crash <laughs> makes absolutely no sense, and it wastes like ten minutes of this movie. 
How does he survive that again? Um, very carefully. <laughs> Doesn't he just, like, br- there's, like, a board holding him still, and he manages to, like, break it and land or something? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, basically, Helga Brandt sleeps with Bond for some reason, and then he thinks, oh, hey, I've, I've turned her to the good side. I can get, you know, we can fly away out of here, and then she can help me complete the mission or whatever. And then she yeah. tries to kill him in this plane. But it's like, why didn't you kill him before? <laughs> yeah. Helga Brandt is no Fiona Volpe. I'll just say that. She is a, she is a nothing character. She is... I don't want to blame the actress too much, but, like, it, dead behind her eyes. Like, that's the kind of acting I was seeing. I don't know about you. Um, she was doing nothing for I me. was not paying enough attention. <laughs> it, it really felt like they cast and, her because she's a pretty lady, and that's, that's and, it. And then she gets eaten by the angry water. <laughs> and then she gets eaten by... I can't remember if they ever actually say if it's, like, piranhas, or if they state what is supposed to be in that water in Blofeld's office... Um, but the way it's shot, it's just like she's getting killed by angry water. This is great. It's just sort of it, it bubbles up, and that's it. It's not ain't no ain't no thunderball. We don't we don't get some some nice sharks floating around. We don't get some nice Sean Connery being terrified by sharks. Yeah, it's just sort of a we don't we don't get a Doctor No where he's terrified by a tarantula that can't hurt him. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just bizarre. Um, and then Osato... I don't even remember what happens to him. Does he even die? Like, what... Probably. Like, we just need a prop character for Bond to investigate for a while. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and the best part is... So so there's that scene where Bond is at, like, the construction site or whatever, like a shipyard. And and he's like, oh, oh I'm, I'm going to start running around while the, the Spectre guys are chasing me. And there's, like, a cool overhead shot. It lasts for a good, like, 30 seconds mm-hmm. when he's running on the rooftop. And he's fighting. He's, like, he's punching guys and, and whatever. And I'm like, oh, Bond. That's cool. Um, and then Osato just, like, knocks him out once he starts to get away. Yeah. And then I'm like, kill him. Also, there's a, there's a point where him. <laughs> he the girl he's with, they're like, she's like, oh, we got to... We gotta get out of here, and he's now, like, "All right, you go ahead." I'll, I believe I'll, this I'll... is this is Aki. We've got two two yes. female Japanese uh, characters in this, so we got Aki and we got Kissy. Aha. I see. Kissy, what a memorable character! Was that was that an attempt? Were they, were they trying to do something like uh, some some sort of classic Bond innuendo name? I don't know. Innuendo, quote unquote. Um, I don't know. Anyway, they Aki. She she Bond's like you got to get out of here, and the, so then she just like suddenly she's like halfway across the, the docks, and like and no they do that multiple her. times where Bond sends the girl away, and she is able to travel vast distances <laughs> she's in just a like, very yeah, short I'm amount gonna, of time. It's gonna get away. Um, Aki dies somehow. I don't remember how. Aki dies she in my dies. favorite scene of the movie. <laughs> Oh right! With, with the, the poison rope. Yeah, so there's there's I, don't I, even I, I say favorite like, scene mildly facetiously. There, there. I'm I'm just jumping right to this because I, I it's fine. We don't we don't have to keep track of the plot here. Um, so this is after Bond. Uh, over, you know, he 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 goes through with the the Japanese makeover, um, yes. which he seems to take in stride. At no point is he really complaining about this. <laughs> Bond's like, yes, this seems like a sensible thing to do. All right, I could do that. Are you kidding me? I'm already halfway to being a Japanese man. <laughs> Just look at me. Um, and so he he he's in bed and there's a with Aki and because him dude, and Aki are in love. They are in love. They're in love. Uh, this dude comes out with like some poison on a on a string. It's kind of a neat thing. It's like okay, he unwinds the string and then he drops the poison down. It drips down the string. And it's very visual because it's in the dark, but because it's a liquid and we've got some faint light, we can see it like glistening. Yeah, but it's pretty pretty cool. And and it's dripping towards Bond, and it's like okay, okay, this is neat. Oh God, Bond's uh, Bond's gonna get it, even though he already got and, it at the beginning of the movie. Oh my yeah. God! And then and then Bond moves out of the way. Um, 
And it's like, okay, he, he avoided that threat, I guess. Or <laughs> yeah. Assassin's going to have to rethink this. Yeah. And then Aki, uh, like, moves, like, she, like, literally rolls on top of Bond and, like, sticks her neck out in a way where she, like, perfectly land, get like, gets below the water. She, and she, then, like, licks her lips. She hit her mark. <laughs> yeah, she, like, licks her lips specifically after it, it lands on, like, her mouth. Yeah. And then, and then she dies. And then Bond kills Bond the guy. Bond gets probably. over it in like five seconds, and then he marries. <laughs> he marries the next girl. Yeah. Who is someone who, like, through the final act, they just send her back and forth from the ocean to the island yeah. and back again. She does nothing. Yeah, kissy. I, do you remember that 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 horribly horribly demeaning scene where Bond is is sitting there waiting as as the girls are getting escorted up to like the the wedding ceremony it's, it's I can't like, say I do there's a bit where, where Bond and, and Tiger Tanaka I guess we need to talk about him even though he's another Who? character uh, Bond's contact in Japan so sort of sort of his karambe for this movie you don't remember this character do you no oh my god <laughs> he, he has the best line in the movie in, in, in Japan. Okay, I remember that. I don't remember who said it, but I remember that line. In Japan, uh, men always come first, women come second. Oh, no, no, he's the one who, who has the weird bath scene with Bond. Yes. Where there's, like, weird editing of, like, one of them says one thing, and then Bond, like, gets out of the water, like, sticks his head out of the water. Yeah. And, like, responds yeah. to... It's weird. But... Just the, the 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 horribly demeaning scene where they're sitting there waiting for all the brides to be escorted in because Bond doesn't know who he's being paired with, and he he's looking at the girls and he's like, eh, she's not very attractive, eh, she's not very attractive. Then, then Kissy walks up and he's like, ah, oh, she's pretty. And I'm just like, dude, you're about to go on your mission. When the mission's over, you can get rid of her. Like you're not you're not actually married to her. This whole thing is a lie. This movie is for some a, reason. This movie is I a still lie. don't understand why you're doing any. I of don't this. know why he ne- needs to get married. Like, why can't he just be like, I'm a I'm a lone fisherman and I'm heading to to this island. Like, I don't get it. This is this is how I imagine. Like, I feel like the, I, I. It's been a while since I've seen this show, so maybe I'm wrong. But I feel like in the in the show there are a few times in Mad Men where uh, Don Draper just like goes off and disappears, and, like. You know he's he's on drugs or whatever. Yeah. This is this is kind of what I assumed those adventures were like. Uh-huh. This whole movie, yeah. it's just sort of like they probably got married to a Japanese woman. That sounds about right. Yeah. Probably like drove a mini helicopter. Mm. He probably traveled into a volcano base and led a whole bunch of ninjas probably... in a fight against a bald man. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I buy it. That, I think so. You didn't see that episode of Mad Men. <laughs> <laughs> it was called "You Only Live Twice." It's called it. Was, no, it was called "You Only Live Thrice," Tyler. Come on. <laughs> but yeah, it's just... I guess I need to get into the backstory of the actresses who who play the, the two Japanese leads in the movie. So originally, yeah. um, I'm not going to even try to say the names because I'm not very good at saying uh, foreign names. So sure. I, I'm not going to even attempt to mess their names up. Uh, so say, I'm not. I'm not very good at saying names. I, well, I mean that that's also true. I'm just not good with words, really, Tyler. Um, but anyways, here we have uh, Stefan Spielberg, uh, famed filmmaker. St- St- Steven Spielberg. Well, now I feel like I have to say their names just because you're being <laughs> dumb. So, so we've got. Uh, oh, oh. So we've got Mihama. She, she's kissy, and then. Akiko Wakabayashi as Aki. Okay. Okay. So originally the role. I'm going to assume you got those perfectly. Um, right. I got them perfectly right. I'm cultured. <laughs> I watch the James Bond movies. I'm cultured. <laughs> um, but originally the roles were re- reversed, and they started filming, and they said, "Oh, oh, dear God, uh, Mihama is not is not the best actress because, like." Uh, they were trying to find Japanese women in particular that could speak English and they weren't able to mm-hmm. find anyone so they tried to find people who could pick it up as fast as possible um, but anyways uh, with Mihama they, they started filming with her or they were screen testing with her or something and they were like she's not she's not really pulling it off 
like she should. So they were going to let her go. And apparently, because of Japanese culture and heritage and, you know, if, if there's failure, you bring dishonor upon your family. Apparently she was going to commit suicide or she threatened that. I'm not quite sure about the specifics beyond that. Um, so apparently they're like, oh, dear God, what do we do? Um, all right, Aki has more lines in the, in the script. Let's just switch the actresses. <laughs> Which is why Kissy ends up being such a nothing character in the latter third of the movie. Right. So, there you go. There's some context for you. There's there's your history lesson today, folks. I'm glad. Um, but yeah, the Bond girls fall completely flat. And here's the thing. I think the actress that plays Aki is actually okay. I think, mm-hmm. like, she has some mildly funny moments, um... I think if maybe if they had carried her all the way through to the end and they hadn't just killed her off, I think maybe like the movie would be better for it. Yep. Isn't that how we felt with like several different Bond girls? <laughs> Not thus far. What is the the death count for named characters in these, and how many of them are female versus male? What are you talking about? These movies have equality. <laughs> I'm done talking about this. Moving on. <laughs> um, hmm. One thing I wanted to get back to. Um, the whole thrust of the plot being Bond fakes his death. Uh, one thing that really disappointed me in terms of just like dropping that as a plot point, really. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. not like a cool reveal moment where he's like like an F yeah type moment where he's like, I'm James Bond. Like there's... There, this type of plot needs that kind of thing in like the third act in terms of like oh now the audience is pumped yeah. the Bond theme starts playing he goes into action you know that that type yeah. of moment it yeah. just doesn't have it it just doesn't, doesn't have it so the closest we get is hey little Nelly let's just play the Bond theme because we've got nothing else <laughs> <laughs> do you want to discuss the little Nelly scene uh yeah so so they build a helicopter in this dude's garage um Tiger Tanaka. Q is there, and like... And I like how uh, Q, rela- Q's just like, I don't want to be here, and, and I really wanted to be like, yeah, nobody else filming this wants to be there Bond, either. Q and Bond's relationship is getting increasingly tenuous to the point where I, I just want to see one where they, they have like a full-on like fist fight. Yeah. like like when they, Or like a knife fight, maybe. That might be what I'm going for. I think just Q like could kill Bond. Yeah, yeah, they just start like stabbing each other while they're like Desmond having Llewellyn banter. But... Snapping Sean Connery's neck. I, I, <laughs> I want, I want, uh, I want like, I, I feel like there's a comparison to be made here with like another movie or TV or series, like a comedy. I can't think of it off the top of my head, um, but I want like the scene where he's telling Bond about all the uh, the little gadgets and gizmos that he, he's going to be using. Right. Uh, but like while he's doing this, he's like secretly trying to kill him. Like Bond keeps like stepping out of the way of like yeah. darts and like dropping boulders and stuff. Can we make this short film? Yes, like, can, I can think we, we do should. that? That'd be I great. Definitely think we are capable of pulling that off. Absolutely. I have no faith in this. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> somebody do that. Uh, somebody this, else. This sounds do like that. a good yes. idea. I, I, I genuinely think hire this, us to be consultants. This could make a funny uh, short film. Q is actively we, trying to kill Bond. We accept Venmo. We accept Venmo. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, they get a bunch of... It's kind of a neat little thing. I they get a bunch of suitcases. Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, they, they get a bunch of suitcases, and they put together a little little, little cute helicopter, and it's got all these guns on it. And they roll the it The helicopter is real. It actually works. Mm-hmm. And apparently... It actually kills people. <laughs> it actually kills people. They destroyed, they destroyed the lives of several several helicopter pilots in the making of the scene. One guy lost his foot to the scene. Did he really? Yeah, yeah. Like a propeller blade, like something went wrong and he got his foot sliced and he ended up having to have it amputated. So, there you go. You, you kind of got what you wanted. What a movie to lose a limb for. Yeah. <laughs> the sequence is... It's overlong, but I feel like there's a better edit of it that can make it really exciting. Um, mostly because a lot of it is practical, so that's cool. Yes. 
The helicopter is tiny and yellow. Yes. It it, it, it looks... <laughs> it, it and just, Sean Connery it, is a very large man. And he's wearing, like, this dorky-looking helmet, and you're like, why not just give him the naval uh, hat? Yes. Exactly. Give him, give him the naval hat to fly around in. Like... <laughs> yeah. And, and so he's, like, blowing people up. He has some one-liner at the end. I don't remember what it is. There's horrible re- rear screen projection. Um... But the ultimate point is that it's a it's a big helicopter scene. There's some nice shots in it, whatever. The helicopter show up, um, and then and then uh, the it just goes on for like a while. Well, the Bond theme plays just sort of inanely droning in the background. And at least they don't edit the Bond theme weirdly like they've done in the past movies, where it's you... just like, um, all right. The... We're kind of slowing the scene down. Just, just bump that volume down. Okay, now bring it back up. He found something. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's not like that. <laughs> yeah, you, you begin to, to question what you're doing, watching the movie, uh, <laughs> with your life. What you know, what what your purpose is on this earth, right? Um, if if there is, if there are there are, are other people in the universe, other 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 civilizations and if they have movies as terrible as you only live twice <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's high praise <laughs> and uh yeah i believe i started um i'm not i'm not gonna do this i'm not I'm, as as much as i enjoy just randomly blowing people's eardrums on this podcast i'm not gonna start singing it but i believe i started composing lyrics to the bond theme that were something along the lines of just Murdering people. Yes, quite. Correct. Yeah. Bye-bye. So anyways, how did you feel about Volcano Lair? (laughs) They actually built that set, and apparently it was like the biggest set ever built at that point. Um, I was extremely disappointed because there is a tram. There's a tram. I'm, I'm, I'm hyping up how big this thing is, and you're like, I was immediately disappointed. <laughs> There's a tram. There's a tram that that runs around this set. Yeah, like, like and, a little uh, they, train set. It circles around there, the little town. No, no, no. Well, there is a there is a moment where I legitimately thought it was just going to like go in a circle around this like 50 foot space. Yeah. Just for just to pick someone up and drop them off fifty feet away, and I was very much looking forward to it. But it actually goes places, yeah. so that upset me. <laughs> it upset you because it served more of a function <laughs> yes. to the story. <laughs> yes, accurate. So Bond is able to like suction cup his way in. Like somehow he sneaks in and nobody notices, and that's mm-hmm. uh, whatever. Um, Kissy just gets ordered to run down the island. Yeah. After they've spent like the whole day climbing up it, and they're like tired and sweaty, um, yeah. And, and she has to go not only run away; she has to swim back to where they originally came from. Yeah, I don't understand this movie, but Bond manages to sneak in. He finds the astronauts that were kidnapped from the different rocket launches. They manage to beat up all the Spectre guards around them. And then Bond tries to sneak into the the rocket ship wearing an astronaut costume. Yeah. And then I don't know where the the kidnapped astronauts went. <laughs> like, I wish I could tell. And you. also, what was Bond's plan? Like, was it just like I'm gonna I'm gonna take out the guys inside the rocket and I'm gonna like yeah, crash, gonna like, crash what, what, was, what was the plan? <laughs> Like, Bond's a moron! <laughs> no, 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 don't worry. He'd get on the rocket. Alright. He'd, he'd figure out that there's a there's a, a nice-looking Bond lady... Or, uh, sorry, Spectre lady on the rocket. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, uh, there's, there's like, three astronauts. Two of them are big, burly dudes. And then one is like, oh, she's a very, very uh, attractive lady. Oh, man. And then he would take out the Spectre's two guys. Spectre's an equal opportunity hire organization. You know what they, I mean? They would, they would turn the rocket around and point it back at the volcano. And then he'd jump out in a parachute with the lady, and they would uh, they would begin begin making out in midair uh, as a nuclear explosion wipes out the volcano base. Correct. And that's that's what his plan was. I like that more than the movie we actually got. <laughs> but then there's the whole thing where Blofeld manages to pick him out because he's like, 
Nobody would take their AC units into the the rocket like them. Bond, you fool. I'm just like, that feels like something those kidnapped astronauts could have told him as he was suiting up. Yeah. Where'd they go? And it's and it's not even like oh all of them are are gonna just sneak on to the rocket and like fly away. That's not the plan. They just they literally disappear from the movie. Are you sure they weren't on the rocket? Because then Blofeld would have said, "Hey, grab them," as well. Like they all would have been captured, not just no, Bond. No. Bond is specifically singled out and brought to Blofeld. Yeah, because he had the AC in it wrong. Yes, but... Maybe the rest of the guys were astronauts. But then and the then, mission seems to go according to plan until Bond wrecks it. What happens to the rocket? I don't even remember. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it blows up, right? Something like that. I, I, I don't care. <laughs> okay. The the only bit that I really, really liked at the end, and, and even this, like, I, I half liked it, was Bond using the exploding cigarette to kill someone. Yeah, that was good. Because that seems like something mu- also, mundane enough where he could trick the villain into grabbing, like, a cigarette. Like, that, I buy that well enough. But also kind of a stupid thing where Bofeld's like, ah, yeah, give him his cigarettes instead of, like, here, have a cigarette. Yeah. Like, you... you. Yeah. Well, also the whole thing of, like... Uh, the... Blofeld does not come off as particularly menacing and or clever. No, he's a, he's a moron. <laughs> kind of seems like he spends a lot of money on stuff. Yeah. And that's that's his evil power, superpower. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> um, but even better, he doesn't even, like, shoot Blofeld or shoot at one of the control panels with the cigarette. He just shoots a random guy and starts punching people. <laughs> like, complete like, moron. Hey, 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 you, screw you in particular. <laughs> But then, You're dead. but then the ninja army sneaks in because because Kissy was able to run and swim in like twenty minutes flat. So I don't know what that's about. Um, and then get all the way She's back Olympic, up there. An Olympic gold medalist. Um, I think it's kind of cool that we have like an army of ninjas. Some of that was kind of yep. cool with the sword play. Um, we'll have to talk about the the ninja training facility thing. We will. Um, I guess. Are you sure? I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> If you like this movie, you quit listening a long time ago. <laughs> Unless you're some kind of sadist. There's a random guy at the beginning of the movie who I was really hoping was going to be Felix Leiter because he looks nothing like the other two actors. <laughs> oh, um, other three. Uh, sure. And uh, he he shows up and then he like gets immediately killed. Like He's supposed to be like Bond's contact to like talk to Tiger. Yeah. And then Bond just... I mean, and that's how Bond gets ripped up and. Oh, then, yeah, no, and that's that's Henderson. Start. That's that's a future Blofeld. Okay, okay, F all. Yeah. Yeah, he was a character. The way that's staged, where he conveniently just kind of stands next to the the <laughs> the wall like that, just yes. to get killed. It's very bizarre. Also, it's the I'm a big that's fan the quietest of... knife in in movie history. Mm-hmm. Accurate. I'm a big fan of uh, the 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 fact that Tiger needs Bond to fall through a trap door in order for him to get him into his office, as opposed to just like, "Hey, that's my that's my 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 uh, my henchwoman Aki. She's going to tell you how to find me. Oh, look, there's a there's a door. She's actually going to use the door to get down later. She, you just specifically, I needed you to fall down through the trap door." Yeah. Well, it's just weird because they build up this whole thing of like, oh, Tiger Tanaka, he's he like nobody knows who he is or what he looks like. It's a very closely guarded secret. But you already know, hey, Bond's heading my way. We've got the code signals, and he gave yes. the correct code signal to Aki. Like all, all this extra nonsense just to make it a bit more exciting, I guess. Yeah, it's it's utter nonsense. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. What about the what about the part where where, where Bond he's in Asako a, a Asado Asado yeah Asado he's in Asado's office and they're like he's like asking about chemicals and stuff and then they let him get all the way down to the lobby and they're like hey kill that guy yeah and then they shoot at him very poorly and he gets away I think with Aki yeah. And then there's horrible rear screen projection. <laughs> there's horrible rear screen projection. Somehow it ended up seeming worse than it ever has. 
in this movie. Yeah. I don't know if it was just because there was more of it, but every time it showed up, it was horribly distracting. Yes. Um. The... I like the bit where Bond actually sneaks into Asato's office and he gets into the 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 fight with the the one guy, and the the guy pulls out like a sword at some point. Like that's a pretty mm-hmm. good fight. I think I thought it was pretty well edited. It was pretty exciting. Good sound effects. Um, I wish the movie had more of that intensity or just like, dare I say, realism, competence, <laughs> competence. That would be nice. Yeah. How do you feel about Bond being trained as a ninja and then two separate Spectre agents are able to sneak in there because they know where Bond is somehow? Yeah. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> really? I really don't. It really feels like, oh, hey, it's been 10, 10, 15 minutes. We need an action scene. And instead of questioning, well, how has it been 10, 15 minutes? <laughs> what, what have we been doing? This movie felt long, man. It's 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 two hours, and when we got to the hour mark, we were like, oh no, it's only halfway through. You really do only yeah. live twice. I agree. <laughs> and then at the end, when all the ninjas are attacking, Blofeld's just like, come with me, Mr. Bond, and he's holding him at gunpoint. And then he goes, and he just keeps walking with him. And then Blofeld starts to get on his little train thing to, to leave. Mm-hmm. And then he moves to, to to shoot Bond. And I'm like, you could have done that ten minutes before! <laughs> this movie does feel like a parody of, of Bond movies. It's so bizarre. And I think this was the same year that uh, the, the terrible... Uh, Casino Royale parody was released, and I'm like, no, 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 no. They they already they already got to parody status. <laughs> They're way ahead with of the, you with the actual Bond series. Yeah. Now, to be fair, maybe we're not giving enough credit in terms of like the complete cartoony escapist lack of logic that that is present in this movie. Some people probably really like that, and that's what they go to Bond movies for for just how unbelievable it all is how crazy it is they don't have to think about the plot too much because it just goes from plot point to plot point and eh, whatever uh it, it doesn't really matter i don't know that doesn't work for me at all um it feels like they took all the worst elements from the previous films and just amped them up with a bigger budget and bigger sets and bigger explosions well and and two the other movies never reach this point like there i mean there are there are bits where where they feel like this um but they're for the most part the movies try to take themselves seriously well they're t- they try and tell cohesive stories that you can yes. follow yeah they're they're trying to actually you know show you bond going on a mission yeah uh this is the first one that felt like it just completely threw that out it was like eh, we're just gonna do whatever and furthermore um it doesn't have the tone of like an, a cartoon because there's still it's like the anti version of all those where like here there's like little elements of yeah we're taking this seriously and then by and large it is a farce insane and weird yeah um and and like I said it's kind of the worst combination of all the elements I don't like in Bond movies mm-hmm. I don't like when they're they're this over the top and and just silly and ridiculous and but they have no logic to the plot I don't like like the these thoughtless stories um i don't like the lack of characterization with bond um i don't like just how culturally and just just overall how insensitive the movie is sure <laughs> um there, there's just, it's just like a perfect combination of elements i don't like how they treat the villain especially because this is supposed to be like the big one i hated nearly everything about this movie <laughs> And it's just funny because, like I said, Connery's, like, he's dealing with a super ridiculous nonsensical script. He's dealing with, like, 100 plus degree weather when they're shooting in Japan. He's getting constantly dogged by the, the, the Japanese press. They won't leave him alone. Even when he's trying to use the bathroom, photographers are following him in, him into the bathrooms. Like, if I were him too, I'd be like, I'm not doing this no more. Yeah. 
Sean, if you're listening, I understand. <laughs> but you should have Hash- worn the naval hat. Hashtag hats for Bond. Hashtag hats for Bond. Um, F. Oh, you're going into grades? <laughs> Alright. I'm, I'm going to hold back just a little bit. Because I want to talk about Roald Dahl. Alright. So, Ian Fleming's friend, Roald Dahl, who, who of course wrote Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, amongst other stories, was hired to do this. And based on what I know, it wasn't really out of like his friendship with Fleming or anything. It was because he needed money. <laughs> And he even said when he was writing it, he's like, this is the most nonsensical thing, whatever. Like, he did, he clearly didn't care. He was doing it for a paycheck. And that shows. Yep. And I'm like, what was the thinking behind Roald Dahl writing a Bond movie? Like, in terms of people you can pick, why him? I have no idea. I don't know. It's, it's very strange. Um... I was considering a D minus just because there were some minor things that I liked. However, we're not doing it. We're going F. <laughs> <laughs> However, C plus. <laughs> <laughs> I with the official Bond series, this is in terms of my my recollections of how I feel about all the various Bond movies this might be the worst, or at least in contention for worst. Sure. I never thought I would say that, but here I am. This is my life now. This this is my second life. <laughs> oh. I did a thing. <laughs> um, it's just funny because the first time we watched Honor Majesty's Secret Service, like Tyler was not not that excited about it, and he was kind of disappointed by it. By a lot mm-hmm. of it, and I'm just now that now now that we've reached rock bottom, there's nowhere to go but up. We ain't hit F minus yet. I have a feeling we're gonna we're gonna enjoy uh, Honor Majesty's Secret Service oh. a bit more than expected. I think probably mostly because it's actually it's an actual movie. A bit more than expected. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? You can find us online at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. You can find us on Twitter at HCTSequels. Uh, you can find us through email at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. And you can also find us on YouTube and the other thing, iTunes, if you just search Here Come the Sequels. I feel bad for Thunderball in hindsight. Like, I feel like I was too harsh on Thunderball. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not, How dare you give it the same grade? I'm not changing the grade. <laughs> but yeah, uh, leave a comment telling us why you like this movie. I'm, I don't get it. I'm very excited to look at this in the long run and and see that this my my at least my grading for the Bond movies is like a, a plane trying to get off the ground and then crashing and burning because I think so far it's been what uh, give it a bit more credit. It, it flew for a little bit. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is like C. It, then I give it like a C plus. It rose for a couple. Yeah, I think. Or, or the first few. B minus C plus B C minus yeah. F. <laughs> Those are your grades. It <laughs> just bottomed out. It just went. Oh no! Oh no! We're going down. We lost the wings. It'll be even better if I give if I give Honor Majesty Secret Service like a decent grade because then it'll be like, oh oh, we bounced. A- oh god. I'm assuming See, it was here's a... the thing. Diamonds Are Forever is maybe just as nonsensical as this one, but it has a sense of fun to it. it it's self-aware. Okay. It's There's a bit more bite to it. It's a bit more tongue-in-cheek. So... And now, remind me again, is that the last Connery, or do we get one more? Uh, well, it's the last official Connery. Now, we okay. get Never okay. Say Never yeah. Again, but that'll be... We do all the Roger Moore Bond films. And then we really get into the... the the theater of the absurd. Sure. Because he, he is the comedy Bond, so we'll we'll have to see how you feel about, about him. You know what we're doing first, though? Oh, I know what we're doing first. We're going right. to leave that as a little, little tease. 
Have we not? Have we not explained what we're doing? No, we might have. I don't. Either. I don't want to. If we have, I don't know. But I don't remember. Anyways, we're leaving it as a tease. If you, if you, if you, if you heard haven't, it, whatever. If we haven't said it, then it's a tease. If we have if said we it, still it, I don't care. I agree. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. We're sorry we didn't like this one. Maybe see that's the that's the one good thing about Bond. There's always one more. <laughs> it's just always like maybe the next is it one good? Will be good. Is it good? <laughs> is it good or is the is it the definition of insanity? Is it purgatory? <laughs> These are the questions. I know I'll like some of the future Bond movies. I don't care if you do or not. I know I'll enjoy them. <laughs> You've you've roped me in now. Yeah, you, you're in too deep now to stop. So, Lordy. All right. Oh, wait, wait, we'll wait. See how, how many Bond oh. movies total do we have left? So, uh, Twenty-four official ones. We've done nine of them. Well, twenty-five plus never say, including never say never again. So, um, oh God, we have sixteen of these things left. Yep. You did this. I know I'll like some of them. Anywho, <laughs> thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next time for Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Artist subjective. Nothing is real. Except for this movie. Murdering everyone, mur- murdering everyone, mur- murdering everyone.